We want to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land in which this podcast is recorded, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations, whose sovereignty was never ceded, and this area's original name is Nam. We pay respect to them and their elders, past, present, and emerging. Oh, it's the little podcast, babe. I have just started listening to music. <laughs> panda fluffer, like it's very specific. There's no reason you can't have a cult focused on garlic bread. Oh, with the boys. With, 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 you ate it. Tasted like you were eating poison. Yeah, you're right there, darling. Well, first of all, that's not standard issue. Astronaut wear. <laughs> aren't you? Yeah, other people. I know what other people are, Annie. Oh, my God. Tuck it into your waistband. and sometimes be seen at the top of the waistband being like... You would be the most annoying ghost. You know what? I'd like to be better at bringing my cat into work in a sneaky way. Chicken, where do you get your protein from? I don't even know why I call you my best friend. You're listening to We Want To Be Better, the socially conscious, upskilling comedy podcast hosted by me, Bianca Ismailovsky. And me, oh, Annie Nolan, my phone just beeped yeah, as your, we did that. That's okay. Your phone needs I'm, to be on silent. I know. I should know better. There we go. And ironically, though, it was a message to we want to be better. Yeah, I got it too, but you didn't hear mine because my phone's on silent. Okay. <laughs> well, no, it's fine, Annie. No, I get it. It's your busy. You're under the pump. Like for for me, isolation at the moment is a little bit of a holiday. You know, I'm staying at your house. I'm in a bungalow. I... Binge watch nothing, poker tournaments on television. Nothing like, was more evident than last night we had a roast and we played Good Day, Bad Day with the kids as we always do. Oh, which just is, explain to the listeners what Good Day, Bad Day is because I didn't know what it was. So it's a way to open up communication mm-hmm. and you just say like the best thing that happened in your day because we're trying to remain positive. But the first thing you say is the worst thing that happened in your day. Yeah. Like the thing that you found difficult or challenging. Or that you just didn't enjoy. You didn't really enjoy Sometimes we'll let the bad day go because we have found from experience that often the bad day will involve a sibling. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So fights can be had. You know, I've had um, (laughs) my bad day is when Maliki looked at me like and then there's a fight. So sometimes they can go, but it is a way to open up communication. Mm -hmm. Anyway, good day, bad day. So we all went around and mine and Liam's good days and bad days, like our bad, oh, yeah, you know. Homeschool, oh, looking, but- glaring at the kids, <laughs> glaring like right I'm at the kids. living in hell every single day. Yeah. 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 Staring at them. Yeah. Uh, bad day. Uh, uh, name, pick any one of you, but it was, <laughs> it was you guys. Yeah. And then a uh, good day. Like we're trying to find the absolute silver linings in things like, well, you know, we did do five hours of homeschooling, but we got it done and mm-hmm. there was only three crying incidents. Yeah, yeah and like one that, blood nose, that's one, it. There, there was a blood nose <laughs> yeah. yesterday just because the kids decided to have a wrestle in the middle of homeschool. Mm. Cheska did write a story about... Yeah, uh, Cheska's story. story, which she, by the way, she read this story like five times. Yeah. More than. Because I was, I was outside in the sunshine while homeschooling was going on around me and I could just hear her repeatedly tell the story and everyone's like, Cheska, we've heard the story. But she was so proud of the story. But what was the subject matter um, of said story? That her and her brother, like it was a creative piece. They got yeah. to do a creative piece. <laughs> the task was there's a problem uh-huh. and you've got to figure out how to solve the problem or something. Yeah. And, and like, and you had to make it really imaginary. So Delphi was like, I'm stuck in a jar. I've shrunk. I've stuck in a jar. And how do I get out? Okay, mm. so I roll the jar, I break the jar and I'm out or something like that. Brilliant. Cheska was, my brother walks in the room and has a fight with me or something. And it ended up with her pushing her brother in the oven, closing the oven and setting him on fire or something yeah you know just it, like wholesome <laughs> story and then a plus yeah and then her and her brother got into a bit a, of a scuffle yeah and there was blood nose and there was blood anyway nose. back to good day bad day right so we say our good day bad days mm-hmm. and then we go bianca you you know you're part of the family join in yeah and my good day I, mean, I didn't really have anything for bad day it was hard for me to pull anything for that so i just skipped bad day which immediately was met with hesitation from the family. They were like, okay, fucking, <laughs> we're over here with our bad days. Uh, but no worries, B, you don't have a bad day. And then I, my good day was, oh, you know, the sun was shining. I meditated this morning. I got, got a bit of a workout in and 
You, know, you wait, laid you in actually, the sun. That's what I was just about to say. The bit that actually really pissed me off was when you're like, it was such a beautiful day. I laid out in the sun. Actually, I had a little kip. That's how you said it. I had a little kip and I was like, I, I had a little kip out there. Okay. You were like, oh, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, no worries, Bianca. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Liam's like, well, Annie, you were in the sun and you were like, was I though? But oh, was I dealing with homeschool in the sun? <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, no, I was in the sun. Yeah, I just had a little nap, a siesta, if you will. <laughs> Every now and then I look over at you on your phone. I'll be doing homeschool and just in the thick of it. And I look over at you. And you'll be looking down at your phone and just having a little giggle. It's some, <laughs> something funny. You know, some little YouTube clip or something. And I'm just like, why the fuck did I have kids? Yeah, that's a good point. Well, has I'm, it changed how you feel about kids or anything? Have uh, I sold it to you? Having, yeah, like having lived with children uh, for the first time in my adult existence, I've decided against the... the oh, no. my kids didn't sell it for you. My kids didn't sell no, it. Do you know what, though? It's kind of... It's hard, isn't it? Because, like, it probably wouldn't be... Like, and to be honest, I don't, so there are days where I don't even see your kids because they don't even come out to the bungalow or whatever. But considering that we're, like, in lockdown and you're homeschooling, it's, like, not ideal situation that yeah. I would be like, that. I'll have a piece of that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, like, it's just not good. Uh, it does put me on the idea of like, maybe kids aren't for me. Yeah. See, yeah, when I did have kids, I knew there were going to be things that arise that you can't predict. Yeah. A pandemic? Not one. I never, I just always thought that as hard as they'll be, at they least get they to get five to- and they go to school, you know? <laughs> at least like I at least I only have them on weekends. I and- remember when the kids like were about to go to school and like the twins were about to go to school and you were like, oh, it's just going to be so much easier once they go to oh, school. Yeah. And like when they did go, I was so happy for you. We were all excited. Like, you know, at least now you'll get a bit more of your life. <laughs> and now it's like, nope, you're straight back in the thick of it. that? Beautiful, naive Annie that just thought that. I mean, oh, you the could, world could have predicted this. I mean, it, it, it. As they keep saying, it's unprecedented. So yeah, <laughs> I, I could go for some precedented. Yeah, I'm like, I yeah, I'm just glad that. I think I lucked out really by not having children prior to the pandemic. Yeah, Every, everyone that doesn't have kids right now locked out. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, well, there you go. <sighs> so what else is going on? I mean, I mean, not that I don't know everything that's going on with you. You know, there's not much going on. With okay, me. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we just <laughs> went through that. Uh, I don't know why I asked again. I mean, we can do good day, bad day again if you want, but I, I think I've already had a better day than you. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, just waking up is hard sometimes. Yeah. That sounds like I really don't want to wake up. I don't want to <laughs> I die. Mean, I woke up this morning at five thirty, and I was like, "Oh my god, what a great day!" I did a morning meditation called "Seize the Day." Got up early, watched the sun come up. Like you know, I've had a good day already. Yeah. So um, and then I storm out here. <laughs> you come stomping what hap- in. Yeah. That's what happens, isn't it? Yeah. You just like you're doing your ums, um, and then I. Open the door, which, mm-hmm. by the way, needs to be fixed. So it's got this really big clash noise. Doesn't yeah, it? it's very, very it's, traumatic. It's actually. abrasive, is yeah. what it is. Yeah, and, and um, I come out here and I'm like, oh my god, lock the door. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let those kids yeah. come near me. They're already fighting. Yeah, I've put the wrong temperature milk on their breakfast. How like, could you? you know. How could you do that? To I know. Them? Yeah, yeah, so awful. definitely dramatic, which is great because that's what we're talking about today. Yeah. Is drama. And the drama triangle and just, you know, people being dramatic. I don't just sit at dinner tables anymore. I flip them. Thanks, Conflama. That bitch is crazy. I haven't had a sip of wine in three years. Why? Because now I throw it in people's faces. (laughs) Thanks, Conflama. So we wanted to talk about drama because drama is inevitable. It's going to pop up. It happens to you, happens to me. People love drama. Yeah, people do love drama. Look. We all love drama. I mean, actually. I am guilty we all of love drama. drama. And and that, and, but, and I blame reality TV for this. Yes, I think, of course. Because you watch reality TV and the most exciting bit is the drama. Like, don't get me wrong, I love RuPaul's Drag Race so much. But the most iconic scenes are the ones where they're having a fight. Like, yeah. that's the most, you know, there are so many fights that people yeah. quote and that are just 
hashtag iconic. And that's like what people love. They love sipping that hot tea. And to be honest, I think all people love drama, but especially when we aren't in it. So, you know, those people that say, uh, I mean, I hate drama. First of all, I think that that's a massive red flag because I just don't, I don't think you can be that blatant. I think that, you know, if you drive past a car crash, most people are looking because it's drama. Or when people are fighting mm-hmm. in the supermarket, you know, oh. someone's having a fight yeah, in the supermarket, people. your ears prick up and you're like, oh, what's going on there? Absolutely. You know, that dumpster fire on Facebook that you just end up scrolling through until 2am. I lose sleep. I literally have lost sleep because I'll just sit back and watch the uh, – there's like 200 comments on a thread – that I have to sit down and watch. Yeah. I don't know these people. It's a topic I don't even care about, but I just need to know, like, yeah. who's winning this argument? Like, Yeah, exactly. And then I don't go to sleep until an ungodly hour because I've been watching a Facebook drama. And the reason is, is that we all need mental stimulation, right? Yeah, it's m- just, now more than ever. <laughs> and, and that's true. Like, right now, when we're in lockdown, we'll find that we are deep within those... Facebook arguments and stuff mm-hmm. or the trolling sites are going off mm. or you're in a Twitter war or whatever because it is just part of who we are that we need our brains need mental stimulation well I mean think about it the one savior that we had worldwide savior when this pandemic went down was Tiger King and if that's not the most mm. dramatic Netflix documentary you've ever seen yeah I mean just goes to show like it just got even crazier and crazier as it went on and we couldn't believe what was going on um and and we are like super sensitive at the moment because like we are somewhat stressed but there's still it's boring like you know it we're still we still need some sort of excitement but a lot of the things that generated fake drama that was somewhat healthy have been taken away. For example, sport, right? Mm. That's artificial drama. I mean, it's real drama. It is real drama. Your team wins or loses. Mm-hmm. But sport has been, like, put on hold. For the Well, was. It's it come was. back now. But it's somewhat put on hold or we can't go and access it yeah. or a lot of TV isn't being produced. There's, like, a lot of, like, reality TV shows on hold. Like, so I know, I know, because I uh, – <sighs> As you know, one of my life goals is to be on Survivor. And so I was all excited. I'm like, I'm going to get my audition tape together because I'm doing it. But yeah, not not filming. They're not mm. filming Survivor. So, so there is a, there's not as much outlet. And so there probably is a lot of drama that we are creating in our lives. Yeah, because it's, it's something to do. Exactly. It's exactly. just like looking for something to do. And also, yeah, you're right, we're on edge. So I'm sure that for the most part, the people that you're living with, you're fighting with more. You're looking for something to discuss. You're looking for something to get angry about. You're having these arguments because, yeah, we're on edge. We're fighting over the smallest things. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, it's f- like you'll have a friend call and be like, oh, my roommate, mm. she breathed. In the living room and I just went her, you know, it was mm. the, the audacity, but that's just what we're, that's the level that we're at at the moment. And we are so desperate for interaction, you know, we are- Any de- interaction. Like we really are. <laughs> we're desperate for interaction. And so we are manufacturing, well, when I say we, I mean people are manufacturing a lot of it. I mean, I actually look at my kids at the moment and I think that it's so obvious that it starts at a really young age, drama, right? Because the squeaky wheel does get the oil, doesn't mm. it? And it's conditioned in us from a young age, like that the kid that has the tantrum or spills their drink or hits their sibling or whatever is the one that immediately gets the attention. And then, and like, that's no, for me personally, parenting, that's so obvious right now because my kids are bored. And so there is a lot of manufactured drama so that they can have some stimulation. Mm. I mean, even like, look at animals. Same with animals. Animals get destructive when then not given enough mental stimulation. They'll start yeah. like chewing at shoes I know, and stuff like Grace's that, right? dog and those Italian leather <laughs> yeah, shoes that exactly. he bought in Italy. Yeah. So it's conditioned in us that if we create the biggest scene, then we'll be looked at. And so we contrive dramas all the time. But some more than others is the thing. Yeah. This 
I'm so mad at you for that thing you did. Am I trying to instigate fights by throwing wine at people just to get on camera and maybe also promote my new lifestyle website? Of course not. I mean, is wine throwing something that even gets you on a reality show? I think people say they don't like drama because they think that it paints them in a, a negative light. You know, like, oh, no, I just like I don't deal with dramatics. I don't have time for drama. But we all love a bit of gossip. Like I we all do. We love we, we like it when it's not involving us. Like mm. when it's negative drama happening around us, maybe like I can understand that. But you would be lying if you said that you don't like it when your friend calls you with some scolding hot piping tea. Like you want to sip that tea you want to know what's going on yeah but I think that we can that there is good drama and bad drama I think sometimes we can learn a lot from drama like sometimes something negative happens to you it's a dramatic situation you maybe handle it not the best way and then you can learn from that maybe how to avoid that situation in the future Mm. maybe to avoid people that create that type of drama in your life people to avoid, things like that. So you can learn from drama. It's not necessarily a negative thing. Yeah, and it also, you know, actual real-life drama happens. Like, it actually happens yeah, in so our Yeah, so you life. need to learn how to deal with it. Exactly, and, and learning to deal with it, just going, I hate drama and not being involved in it doesn't make it go away it also if you're able to get through drama you realize that you've got resilience and it can give you a lot of Mm self-confidence to be able to get through the other side I think the thing is is we're talking about drama queens today yeah and unfortunately I don't think drama kings is a word (laughs) frustratingly no have have you ever heard something oh you're being such a drama king like no it's a drama queen it again is one of those one of those things where it's a stereotype of women isn't it of which there are too many I'm actually going to get into a bit of a conversation on that later on the gender uh why not now do you want me to go for it it okay so all right so I I was like having a bit of think about this so obviously drama queen is such a thing and Mm. it's often said that women are more dramatic which I think it's a crock of shit, really. Mm. I mean, we, you and I were talking about this earlier. Like, men love drama just in the way that women love drama. However, it's just one of those negative things where women are boxed into being dramatic. And I was yeah. thinking about... But isn't it funny, like, you know, we're the dramatic ones, yet yeah, when you... Like, when we did the Nice Guys episode, how quickly they can fly, like men will fly off the handle mm. and create drama out of nothing. Absolutely. Uh, you know, it's it's not just this thing. I think it's just because like women are quote unquote known to be gossipy, but that also is not the case. I think it's just that women interact with women more often and we talk more. Yeah. So I think that that's a stereotype that we get like, oh, they, they like to gossip. But I guarantee you and I am telling you that like men love gossip too. If you go home to your spouse and you're like, oh, I've got some hot tea. Isn't it funny when we think about this, like how many people's in like heterosexual relationships when the woman turns to the guy and like, oh, I've got some like news. Mm. They fucking love it. Yeah. And they, they won't drop it. it. They won't drop it either because no, they'll keep bringing yeah, it up. Like, oh, hold on, I'm past that. Yeah, do you know why? Because this is my theory is because men don't want to be seen to be gossiping because they're like, you know, masculinity. So when they have the opportunity to do it with their spouse in like a safe space, they want to fucking lean into that gossip. Yeah. I also think that just unfortunately because of the patriarchy men are socially and emotionally stunted from the patriarchy and I know that sounds like very dramatic but it really is the case <laughs> in an episode about drama <laughs> uh, I mean we have this conversation all the time about say men's mental health mm-hmm. and how men often can't talk to their friends in the way that women can yeah and I mean they can but socially that's the not the way they've been conditioned yeah yeah or they feel that they can't open up to a psychologist mm-hmm. and stuff like that so of course if just because women are more conditioned to be able to talk to one another then that means that we're gossips yeah anyway I did write a note down here about you know men online that say that they hate drama on their bio the, like in like Tinder dating, or something yeah on a dating app yeah. or whatever and they're like oh no drama <laughs> you know, like I just uh. so I've written here that I love that because it's such a red flag, 
Yeah. Because it's one of those things that can be assumed is a good thing. Oh, cool. They don't like trauma. But it is such a massive red flag because those guys are often perpetually confused and frustrated men because they're actually creating drama by even posting that. Yeah, 100%. And it's and also, also it's saying, obviously following you around, isn't it? Like yeah. you're, you're knee deep in drama. Yeah, whatever drama yeah. it is. Well, there's so many layers to that. One, whatever drama they've had, they don't want to take ownership or be accountable that maybe they co-created yes. that drama. Yeah, like when, right? um, when a guy says, my ex is crazy. It's like, yeah, oh, exactly. is she crazy? Or is it just that exactly. you're a dickhead? Yeah, exactly. Like your behaviour. <laughs> made her crazy because you're a fuck boy perhaps that's the actual truth yeah, yeah exactly so there's absolutely no accountability at all for any drama that's ever happened in their past that it was an outside influence I hate drama mm. so whatever has happened in mm-hmm. their past is totally the reflection of the other person mm. apparently and also but, like it's a and it's an indication that like I can't cope with like a strong woman. Well, exactly. Yeah. It's They're terrified of feeling out of control. <laughs> yeah. They are terrified of feeling yeah. out of control. They can't deal with anyone outside of their tiny little comfort zone. Yeah. They aren't willing to accommodate the feelings of other people at all. Mm. And they can't have a partner who challenges them or... They, they, that's they the all, drama. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's their drama. So anything that makes them feel slightly uncomfortable it's is dramatic. <laughs> it's drama. Right? Yeah. So a hundred percent, like totally like, okay, for example, let's just, cause this is a real life example that I have that has happened to a friend where he told her, you can't wear that out tonight. Right. Okay. Which fuck off. (laughs) So she then says to him, you can't tell me what to wear. I want to wear this. You don't own me sort of thing. And then he gets his arms up and he's like, why are you starting a fight? Like you're so dramatic. And it's like, "Mm, she didn't start the fight though. Like you started the fight by trying to tell her what she can and can't wear. But now because she's challenging you back, your thing is just to call her hysterical and say, why are you starting a fight here? And also sometimes when people are very passionate about something and someone is confronted on the other end of someone else's passion or or desperation, they just go, I don't – you're being dramatic. You're being dramatic. Rather than actually listening to that person and their feelings being validated. So – Anyway, my point here, I was going to say this at the end, but my point here is a big red flag to any guy on his mm. that has on his dating profile, I don't like drama. Like, get fucked. Another thing, I like now that I am obviously on Hinge and I'm on the dating scene um, from isolation, which is, <laughs> I mean, there's, no, there's only so much you can really do. It's actually fucking awful and I'm like not even checking my Hinge notifications because usually when I'm on a dating app, I will arrange to just meet them quite quickly because I don't want to have to go through this bullshit like online chatting but you can't do that at the moment so I'm just like holding off but anyway I've on on hinge for some reason and I'm only bringing this up this is nothing to do with drama but for some reason like everyone on hinge feels the need to discuss why pineapple should or should not be on a pizza. A, on a pizza Who like why but why is this like considered you have like you have three prompts on hinge right hmm And you've picked pineapple and pizza to be like one of, like, why is that ruling your life is my question. Yeah. Also, is there any, like, I'm ambivalent about pineapple and pizza? Am I allowed to be in that category? Is there, or it it seems very like binary, like there's only two options. I don't know why it's such a hot topic of discussion. Like, why is the internet constantly discussing this? You're not original. That's uh, really. But it just doesn't make any sense. Uh, why is it such a bone of contention for people? Anyway, yeah, so I'm just letting you know, like, it's really frustrating because it's on Hinge all the time. And, like, I'm sure there are other people that have seen it. Do you know it. what really gets me, though, is, like, everyone goes on about pineapple and pizza, but um, John Benet Ramsey had mm-hmm. pineapple and milk in yeah, his stomach. Yeah, see, that's something to discuss. What the Pineapple fuck? does not belong in a bowl, bowl of, of milk. milk. <laughs> pineapple in milk. No, it actually like, makes me sick to think about that. Yeah. Like truly. And that was like her last meal and they or just, whatever. Like, and they, they literally like glossed over that in the documentary. Just like, yep. oh, you know, she was eating pineapple with milk. And I'm like, whoa, 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 back it up, back it up. Beep, beep, beep. Like what yeah. are you talking about? Well, that's like, that to me says that like the curdles. <laughs> Surely that does stuff to Stop. milk. It makes oh, me God. sick. Do you like gossip? Do you like spreading rumors? 
Do you like just talking shit? If so, then you're in luck. Hi, I'm Tatiana, here with Spill the Tea with Tati. It's perfect for anywhere. Wearing chartreuse doesn't work for everybody. <laughs> Choices. One thing I wanted to talk about with people that love drama is that there are often secondary gains to the drama. And I am someone that probably used to do this. But for, <laughs> for, uh, for example, secondary gains would mean getting something out of the drama that isn't to do with the drama. For example, it can be a self-imposed excuse to get drunk. And so if something negative happens in your life that instead of just being like, eh, this isn't that bad, you can then be like, you know what, like, fuck it, I'm just going to get wasted tonight. Right. I feel like this happens a lot, like, if you have an argument with your boyfriend. And, and then you're makeup like, sex? No. Oh, okay. uh, you're like, I am going to go out tonight with the girls oh, right. and I'm going to Instagram story the whole thing just to show you that I'm having, like, such a mm. good time sort of thing, like, just to get back at them, even yeah. though there's probably no reason to even get back at them in the first place because you're actually just, like, blowing the situation out of proportion. Yeah. I certainly had a friend, spoiler, they're not together anymore. Um, they, Is it me? No, it's not oh, you. Yeah. <laughs> um, they used to always pick fights out. Yeah. And make it so uncomfortable for every <laughs> one of us. And like there were a few times where I got driven home by them and it's just silence in the car. And then you contact them and they're like, oh, no, it's all fine. Like we had made up sex and yeah. stuff. It was like their foreplay, but we were all victims to it. Yeah. Fuck off. Yeah. I, I like make up sex. Yeah. Yeah. No. Nah. It's not worth it. Just have regular sex. Yeah. Like, I mean, when a fight does happen, sure, you can have sex to make up with it. But, I mean, I'm not picking fights just, just to bang. Just don't bring your kinks out and inflict them on us. Yeah, exactly. Don't, like, yeah. <laughs> We're not kink shaming you. No. But don't kink involve me. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, don't kink victimise me. Do you think that me. we should go through the characteristics of a person yeah. who loves drama? So, first we're going to talk about – oh, wait, no. Also, I just wanted to talk about – so I feel that people, some people go towards drama a lot because they feel that it, I mean, we did say that it does teach you resilience, mm. but I think that like you were saying about relationships or friendships, I feel that there are some friendships and relationships that uh, have a disproportionate amount of drama happening in them. Yep. And I think that people delude themselves into thinking that because their relationship has constantly been tested by all of this drama and they've managed to get over it, that they have a really strong bond. Oh, my God. And like, you know, like, yes. look at what everything we've been through together, right? And that that somehow means that they're a stronger friend or that they're like a really necessary part of your life. But actually it's like, no, this is a toxic situation that you're both stuck in. Yes, absolutely. And I worry with, you know, friendships like that, that you're self-sabotaging them. And <sighs> yes, you're, you're eventually the relationship's going to end. But also if you come to that relationship with a genuine crisis and a need for a friend to be with you, it's like the boy who cried wolf situation. You've had mm. so much bullshit drama that there could come a time that you actually have real life drama and you need help. But everyone knows either your relationship as just being overly dramatic or the other person that you're involved in that relationship with will just meet you with ambivalence. Yeah. And you might actually need support from mm -hmm. that friendship. So, yeah, I completely agree. I mean, like, yeah, I obviously there is something to say about getting through drama with a friend or having, you know, an uncomfortable situation and you both sorting it out and it does make you closer for sure. Yeah. But it's the way you're handling the drama that is something to be spoken about. But also just picking these unnecessary fights, that's not an authentic relationship. Mm. Like I feel like some people genuinely rock the boat when things are going good and that just because they're like, well, well, it's been going too well. Yes. So either I'm going to push to make the boat rock because at some point it's going to rock and I'd rather it be me push it than you push it, right? Like exactly. I, I, don't, I don't know because I don't really have relationships like that. Drunk actor brainstorm. I'm going to make Pete host an intervention for me. It'll be all about Jenna. Drama, crying, the beauty of redemption, perhaps a song. This is the best day of my life. 
So I thought I would just go through the characteristics of a person who loves drama, right? Okay. So we've got a, a few little dot points and you can sound out as they resonate to you. <laughs> to <laughs> me. <laughs> Not you specifically, but you know, the people that might, you might. The listeners? The might spring to mind. Can we just also address that this is quite funny because our entire job is really creating drama to put on air onto a podcast. That is absolutely (laughs) incorrect. I just want to point out that is incorrect. What happens is, so like for me at least, drama or pretty much anything that happens in my life, I'm just like, oh, that's great content. Like that's like like when a situation is happening to me that's terrible, I just think – at least I'll get a pretty good episode. episode. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, yeah, it's shockingly bad and I have suffered. But yes. you can't create content like that. Yes, we had a major <laughs> incident at the start of the year, you and me, and we both turned to each other and we said, well, Brilliant. there's our comedy show. <laughs> but here's a, well, at least our comedy show is written 100%, now. 100%. Like I, the first thing, mm. like I hear crisis and then I just think content. I go, I go, I go, I go crisis to content. That's me. So like, it's not that I'm looking for drama and creating drama, but yeah, yeah, I just, I've, I try to find, you know, the, the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, you know, yeah. I've been yeah. through the rain. Now just give me the rainbow in the pot of gold. <laughs> okay. So uh, characteristics of a person who loves drama. So people that are drama prone usually live pretty chaotic lives. Yeah. One, like you were saying. And the major thing is they inflict contrived crises on those around them. So yes. I think that the key word here is contrived. Yes. Because at the end of the day, dramatic things do actually happen in our lives. You would know. Oh, fuck. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you went to Bali for holiday. <laughs> And there was an earthquake. Like, <laughs> like, I'm not laughing, but like, seriously, like, Annie, it's to the point, like, you're so unlucky that, like, I worry for my own safety and health being, by being your, so close to you. That, I like, know. naturally, something terrible is going to happen to me because, of course, you would lose your best friend. Yeah, because I like my um therapist. I was going to my therapist and I said, I just, I have like one of my issues probably around my self-confidence and stuff is that I do feel like I'm dramatic right I get really like worried that people think I'm dramatic and I catastrophize anyway my psychologist said that well the ways in which you can get over catastrophizing don't actually really work on me because Adventure proven true. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. She goes, usually what happens is you go through this process of like, okay, here's the thing you're catastrophizing about and then here, look, it didn't happen. Mm. And you do that enough times to realise that, okay, you're being silly with your thought process. And she goes, but we're going to have to use something different on you because <laughs> you said this would happen and it happened. <laughs> and it happened so many times. Yeah. And anyway, I said, I've got like a complex about being dramatic and she just said she's like no no it's also I would actually yeah like it's it's the opposite with you Annie like there are things that happen to you right that are like (laughs) major and would cause someone else to have an actual breakdown but because of like on the scale of all of the shit that's happened to you it comes up as like a three instead of like someone else's eight, right? So like, like I'll I'll get a read on the situation. Like you'll it, like even for me now, I have become like less dramatic just by knowing you <laughs> because like something will happen to me and I'm like ah, it's not that bad. And in comparison, it's not that bad. So I you'll know. tell me something's happened and I'm like oh, where's this on the sit on the scale for Annie? And I'm like ah, it's not that big of a deal. Annie. <laughs> we can cope with this. It's not an issue. I know. Do you know it's so bad because I sometimes think also I've got this like weird. Thing Thing where I'm like on one hand I'm scared that I'm like dramatic and then on the other hand like maybe I don't react enough because people will have real genuine crises in their yeah. lives and I'll be like no one died yeah that's my scale that's scale I'm like what are you talking about like that's it's not even not a big we can get through that yeah. <laughs> that's fine this is not yeah. even who cares like move on mm-hmm. and I can I do feel I could be dismissive sometimes because like I haven't got enough drama yeah sometimes. Anyway, this isn't about me. Um, (laughs) Characteristics of a person who loves drama. So high drama individuals tend to have long histories of failed relationships, 
search out conflicts in the workplace and on social media Mm -hmm. and only engage in gossip about others, yet they complain about being the subject of gossip themselves. I Okay, I have someone in my mind that I'm thinking of. Mm. I assume all of the listeners also have someone in their mind that they're thinking of right now and it's just ticking all of the boxes. But yes, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. And I get on edge around those people because you're like, I have to tread on eggshells because – even the slightest slip up on my behalf can just throw me into the boxing ring with you because you're going to read it the wrong way. Yes. Yeah. And create um wait, what is the contrived No, create a mountain out of a molehill. Mountain yeah. out of a molehill. Exactly. <laughs> but also those people often gossip about other people, right? So then what happens is they believe that everyone's doing that about them. So they become very, very insecure. And paranoid. And paranoid. Interesting. And they also centre themselves. Like they see that the world is happening around them. You mm. know, they're not – that everything that's happening is a way that it comes back to them. How does it affect them? Oh, they Truman show themselves. Oh, they fucking do Truman show themselves. I was watching a they? thing the other day where like there are literally – like people actually think mm. that the whole world is – like they're a Truman show thing and that everything around them is like fake – and that they yeah. are actually Truman. Yeah. I mean, I do believe that now with technology, there is sort of like a big brother thing sometimes. Like I think you'd be naive to think that we aren't being, you know, like Facebook's taking your, your contacts. Yes, but, it, sell, but they, I know this is like a legitimate, they think that like their spouse is an actor. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> yes. No. Yeah. So like when I was a teenager, my friend and I used to... <laughs> to walk around the shops right we were such little shits and we would just go up to people and be like I know like it's okay the charade's up I'm aware that I am Truman right like (laughs) we'd be like yeah it's okay everyone like the jig is up we're aware because we just thought it was like funny like we could actually be Truman right but like as a joke people are actually like think about it because I mean, I I guess like, you know, yeah, you're right. Everything that we do is online now and stuff like that. But yeah, to get to the point of thinking that like the entire world revolves around you. What's that? um, Sorry. What's that psychological term called? Like um, grand... Grandiose? No, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. People are screaming right now. (laughs) Like how frustrating for all the listeners. You know what I'm saying? Like Like grandiosis. Grandiosa. Uh, yeah, I don't yeah. know what that is. I can't believe you did that. And then what? Do, that's oh, the, well, that's the thing because people would give me no reaction, but I'm like, yeah, a paid actor would have to do that, wouldn't they? Oh, <laughs> yes. Um, okay, so let's keep going. So they complain a lot. Yes. Yep. Tick. They cling on to the past. No one can change the past, obviously, but they will cling on to something negative in the past and they just cannot let it go. Yeah. And like, obviously, there's big things that happen in your past that are significant Mm -hmm. that, you know, and trauma and all of that stuff. Yeah. But little tiny he or she, he said, she said, did something to me and they just can't let it go. Yeah. Yeah. Like we said, they turn little things into big problems. They are drawn to turmoils and gossip that are not involving them at all yeah they make a big deal out of their very little efforts now we watched survivor <laughs> the other day and the girl what season were we watching season 37 or yeah. something and there was a character on oh. that and i just couldn't stand her and bianca's like why i'm like because she did one fucking thing and she had to go around constantly just to remind everything that she did one thing like mm. those people but, that need credit for yeah but she did it specifically for the credit. Yes. So when she wasn't getting the credit, like it's not like she did such a selfless act that she was Mm. like, I did this purely because I'm being selfless. It was, I did this because I want credit for it and you're not giving me the credit that I need and deserve because I actually did sacrifice like a lot. So... They're, Terrible. I'm sure, again, everyone's got people springing to mind right now that they can think of that only do things... Because it looks good for them. Yeah, they're doing it for clout. Yeah. Another point is they will just stir things up for a bit of fun. (laughs) Um, They, oh, sorry. And the last thing, sorry, is that silence freaks them out, right? They they find it really hard to be by themselves Mm -hmm. and, yeah. They need that interaction. Yeah. Because without the interaction, they can't create drama. And we know that they love drama. 
Now, there's actually a need for drama. It's called an NFD, and it's a test that psychologists can do on people. It's it's really new from what I'm reading. And there's, like, lots of elements to it that can be tested. Like, your personality traits can be tested, and it's a measuring technique that can include neuroticism, extroversion, narcissism, and agreeableness, right? Those factors, like when joined together, they can figure out what's your NFD, <laughs> right? Your need for drama. Yeah. But just to like, if you want to self-reflect, there's like three major points. One is interpersonal manipulation. So characterised by the person's willingness to influence other people to behave in a manner serving of the manipulator's goals. So your goals. So the second point is impulsive outspokenness. So categorised by a person's compulsion to speak out and share opinions, even when inappropriate and without regard to social consequences. Mm -hmm. And then there's the persistent perceived victimhood, the propensity to constantly perceive oneself as the victim of everyday life circumstances that many people would dismiss as benign. Now, obviously, like there's lots of factors that can come into this, like, for example, Autistic people, they might have to have the test changed because the impulsiveness and outspokenness is something that is often categorised by different, like neurodiverse people can have to be tested differently because yeah. that is something that autistic well, people face. Yeah. However, just those three points can really, if you can self-reflect on them, mm-hmm. you can get a good gauge of what your NFD, NFD is. <laughs> What's your NFT, do you reckon? I think that I I certainly don't have much of the manipulation one. I don't want to do that. And I do not have the victimhood one, oh, except that, you know, whatever. But uh, the outspokenness, like, I think that I certainly, I would rate would high you, in that. Would you call yourself outspoken, Annie? Yeah. You, really? Yeah, <laughs> category. The, the compulsion to speak out and share opinions, even when inappropriate and without regard to social consequences... I do that a lot. Like I will say things before thinking about what the consequences will be of them. So I certainly would rate mm. quite high on that. I don't. I, don't, I think my NFD is quite low, to be nah, honest. No, yours is quite high because you've got the so of the points above: neuroticism, extroversion, narcissism, and agreeableness. Maybe not a narcissism, but you've definitely got extroversion. And with the agreeableness, you're not necessarily agreeable. You don't just you know, you don't just go with the flow. Neuroticism, you're not. Yes, I, I definitely agreeableness. Are you joking me? What you just think that you you're you're like you go against the norms all the time. Yeah, but I don't. I don't challenge. Uh, <clears throat> I don't feel think that I challenge. Like I don't like confrontation. So uh, oh, yeah. I, I avoid See, I, it, and I will just be like, oh, it's not worth my time, and I just will be like, it's just easier to back away than mm-hmm. it is to confront it, unless yeah. it's something that's like very important to me. Generally, I'm just like, ah, uh, whatever, and I let it go. So I would say that I am. Very yeah, agreeable. no, you would. You would be lower probably than me. <laughs> yeah. I just don't think it's appropriate to talk about shit that had nothing to do with anything that's happened here. Well, guess what, Mimi? We did. You, Mimi, I'm first. Mimi, I'm first was number third in the voting. I could not believe it. Out of all do 50 not attack bitches, my fans, bitch. Of the shit that I've seen, you don't have that many. All right, let's talk about the Cartman drama triangle, which yeah. I have just really only learned about. And... I want to talk about it because I think, you know, we've talked about drama and you're like, ah, I'm a dramatic person or I get stuck in drama and I don't want to anymore. Well, this is a way that we can outline how drama works, recognize what it is and then how to get mm. out of it, like how to leave the drama triangle. Yes. So a drama triangle relates to three roles that people play in an argument. So you might just be one of the roles. Yeah, so most people will play like to one role Naturally, most of the time, time, but they're interchangeable and you can go in one argument from being one to the other to the other and back again. So Mm. we'll just go through what they are. So there's the victim, the rescuer and the persecutor. Yeah. So the victim is the person that's like, poor me. They are victimized. They feel oppressed, powerless, hopeless, and they're usually very sensitive and need to be handled with kid gloves. So I would say that they have an NFD that's quite high, right? Yes. 
these types of people play the victim, right? So they deny responsibility for what's happened to them. It's like it's everyone else's fault and they deny responsibility for their own circumstances and what they've done to put themselves in this position and they look for someone to help them out of the situation instead of just being like, oh, this is what I can do to change it. Yes. So they look for someone who is a rescuer which is the other person in the argument, and if that person does not meet their needs or help them in the way that they think, they then make them a persecutor. Mm. So they look towards a rescuer, but if the rescuer isn't doing their job of rescuing them, they'll perceive them as a persecutor. persecutor. Because it's like, oh, I want you to help me. And then if that rescuer is just like, you know, not doing the job, which we will get into what their job is, then they'll be like, oh, you're against me. You hate me, blah, blah, blah. So the victim usually has difficulty making decisions. They have difficulty solving problems. They find little to no pleasure in life. And they don't recognize their behavior like they just they have no way of self-recognizing that perhaps it is your own behavior that has got you into this situation it's all outside of their control yeah so then it moves on to the rescuer who fuck like is me and this like was painful to like read about because mm. they were like rescuers are classically codependent and enablers and I was like mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes so and I've already talked about being codependent but um yeah so the rescuer is like let me help you mm. they like to help and caretake others and they need to help others to feel good about themselves and neglect their own needs, which Mm. is something that I've done all the time. Mm. Like I just – I always put other people's mental health above my own, which I I used to. I used to. I'm trying to like, you know, not do that anymore. But, yeah, I would say that that's been a problem. So they usually need victims to help and they often can't allow the victim to succeed or get better, which – that is like a sign of like codependency. Um, it's because, also a yeah. sign of um, Munchausen stuff, isn't it? Yeah, like, it's for like, sure. Well, it, it's also, you know, we were talking about the characteristics of drama or whatever before and like like if you're thinking of all the different characteristics we listed, like this one would be the people that would do like the, that would do something and they would need the recognition for it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. So like – Sometimes I do things and I will go out of my way to be nice. And this is like a sign of codependency in that you do it. And it's like, am I doing it for selfless reasons or am I doing it because I'm like, I want you to need me? Yeah, exactly. And that's an issue. And one that I'm like, again, working through. But the rescuer will generally use guilt to keep their victims dependent Because, yeah, they need to feel needed. So they don't really want the victim to get better because if the victim was to get better, then the rescuer would not have a role. Mm -hmm. And if their role is, hey, look how much I help you and that's what they need to make themselves feel better, then obviously Mm -hmm. they don't want the victim to get better. So it's quite a manipulating role almost. They are usually overworked and tired and, yeah, caught in a martyr-style life while resentment festers underneath, which... (laughs) Another side of codependency in which, yeah, you feel the need to pick someone up and then resentment festers. I am thinking of a friendship I had a very long time ago in which I was the rescuer and they were the victim. And it was so fucking draining. And 100% I like played the role of the rescuer who was just like, you know, you need me that's who I am for you. But the resentment was building so fucking hard for me. Like it was just building and building and building. And I definitely could have handled that situation better. And I'm no longer friends with that person. Um, Because it just gets to a boiling point where you can't do it anymore. It's like, Mm. you, you know, like you actually just snap and it's almost like there's no way moving forward except for just cutting the ties. And like, yeah, you feel a huge sense of relief uh, from like the rescuer's point of view, but you also feel guilt because you're like, uh, you're just, still the rescuer. <laughs> you're, yeah, you're still the rescuer. Like, I mean, you and I know we went through like a situation recently where I still f- struggle to let yeah. go of that rescuer role. Oh yeah, and I've played my part yeah. in that triangle. 
There was one person there. So there was a there was a literal triangle situation. There was a victim. You were the rescuer, and I was the persecutor. I was the persecutor. <laughs> of course, so I was the persecutor. Role. We'll go. Yeah, we'll talk about what, how we handled it. Yeah, once we explain shockingly, <laughs> but. Um, with that, sorry, just to keep on going with the rescuer, it's that even when the argument, so just say there's an argument that's happening, mm. even when that ends, like, oh, I'm pretty good at going, oh, and then walking away, right? Yeah. You, many hours later, were like, their mental health, they're this, they're that, oh my God, oh my God, mm. I've said too much. And that's like... That's really quite upsetting to see because, like, the drama of it lives on and you're bearing the consequences mm. of it. Anyway. That's, okay. that's no, 100%. I actually don't know how to get, like, I, I mean, I do know now because I've done research, but it's so fucking hard to get out of that rescuer role. And then the thing is as well about the rescuer, and this is, like, how you interchange between them, you go from, like, rescuer to persecutor because you're like, it's your fault, and then you become victim because you're like, well, look at what you've done to done me. To me. Yeah, so, like, yeah. it's frustrating. Yeah, I would say that, like, you know, I've definitely bounced between them. Oh, we, sure. oh we bow, I, I bounce all around that isosceles triangle. So the next one is persecutors, which, Annie, this would be you. I, I think <laughs> I would naturally fit into this one. This would be probably, yeah, this is my first base. Yeah, this is your first <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this is your first base. So a persecutor is... It's all your fault, right? They Bit self-righteous. Yeah, they stand on their base and they point fingers, both at the victim and... And the the rescuer, and they're like, "This is how each of you has handled this situation, fucking terribly." And let me say, <laughs> "Look, sometimes they're right, yeah. like the other day, oh, I was right." <laughs> so they criticize and blame the victim. They set strict limits. They can be controlling. They're rigid, authoritarian, angry, and unpleasant. <laughs> So, oh, so they, yeah, just a standard base. Just a standard first base for I'm here. So they keep the victim oppressed with threats and bullying and they are completely inflexible. Like they are immovable. They will not move from their perch. It's like this is exactly how I feel about this situation. There's nothing you can do or say. Because they fear becoming the victim themselves. And they criticise and yell, but they actually do not. They actually don't help the, the situation. They don't help solve any problem. I'm just there to, you know, turn up the heat. You're right? a commentator is what you are. <laughs> but truly that that bit about they don't want to be the victim, I think that that, that probably hits a nerve with me. It's right. a little bit triggering because probably I feel like, well, uh, you know, there have been incidences where I genuinely have been the victim yeah. and I fucking hate that feeling so yeah. I really hate that feeling and so I feel that in this triangle situation I need the upper hand yes. I don't want to be the fucking victim yeah and I don't want to rescue people that <laughs> are trying to I go to the around there. no just everyone fucking get yeah. on with it like that's yeah. and, I'm, and I can be somewhat harsh oh <laughs> you reckon? So, like, look, we had a, a situation, and I, like, I am the rescuer, and my natural instinct is to, yeah, be the caretaker. And then there's a victim, and I feel fucking like I feel so like what it's good for me to have you in my back, in my back, in my mm. back pocket to have you <laughs> to, yeah. batting for me, I guess, because. I actually, I mean, and this is where you then become a rescuer because you're rescuing me as a victim. Like, it's all moving around. Yeah. Um, but, like, yeah, I feel bad for any victim coming up against you and me <laughs> because you will annihilate. And then, and you're right, I then return back to being like, I need to rescue because yeah. you've just come through swinging. Too hard. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's essentially what happened is that, I was, you know, there was an issue with you and mm -hmm. someone else. You were the rescuer in this sort of drama situation. They were the victim. I sat back. I sat back. I sat back. I'm not involved. <laughs> I don't like drama, they said, you know, <laughs> and didn't want to get involved. And then the person that's a victim just because, you know, Bianca, we're a pair. We exactly, always get yeah. pulled if in together. If you're going to come for one, you come for both yeah. of us. All of a sudden, we both started getting named. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, right. Well, if you want me involved, no worries. Yeah. I'm pretty good at this. Yeah, yeah. And so <laughs> I came in and 
I took one hit Just and one. the whole thing was over. It I was, was yeah, it, you went street fighter, like finish him. Like you just <laughs> went in there and destroyed the situation. So I, yes, and I went hard. I thought, you know what? I've been watching this and I'm watching how it affects Bianca. So I'm going to come in and I'm really going to just fucking end this. Yeah. And what happens is I do and it's all over. But then many hours later, you as the rescuer are left feeling Oh, God, Annie, I think you might have gone too hard. Like, yeah. now I'm worried. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now like, thank you I'm for, concerned. Yeah, thank yeah. Thank you for somewhat winning it, but also now I can't relax. Yeah, I know. And, that, and it's frustrating actually falling back into that, again, that rescuer role again. Like, it frustrates me, particularly because, though, the thing is, like, you being the persecutor, I actually agreed with everything that you said. Like, I know that you're right and – I'm glad that you could say it more eloquently than I could. But then I still have that thing of being like, ah, oh, but like, again, like my mental health doesn't matter as much as theirs, like putting them first. And that is something that I have to work on in like stepping back and being like, it is okay to put myself first. And I think I'm doing a better job at that. But I think for me, I can easily get manipulated and controlled by other people's use of mental health against me a hundred percent yeah (laughs) like because I don't have depression or anxiety uh when someone around me does have those conditions I will sort of fall on my sword and not recognize that like maybe they have the ability to control me because they have this like trump card of being like but I have anxiety and then I'm like, oh, okay, no worries. Like I yeah. get that. And, and I, I think, um, you know, like as someone that has clinical diagnoses, diagnoses, um, I believe is the correct diagnoses. I just like, I think that you're starting to realise this, but other people probably need to realise this as well, is that yes, okay, sometimes there are, people that actually have clinical, say, depression or anxiety or like a myriad of things. However, that doesn't mean that you don't have anything and your mental – it's not mm. – you either got something and the doc, you've seen the doctor for it yeah. or oh, you're totally fine. Yeah. Right? You still mm. have mental health <laughs> yeah. that you have to manage. Yeah. Just because you might not be on pills for it, like me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or – the other person or whatever doesn't mean that your feelings are <laughs> invalid or that you don't have any mental health issues. Well, I mean, right, because I went and saw a therapist and they're like, you're codependent. I was like, what? <laughs> and then like, I think I messaged you and I was like, I can't believe I'm only just now seeing a therapist. Like, I cannot believe yeah. that I have spent the last 30 years of my life not in therapy, like the arrogance on me thinking I can just go through life without one. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, oh, don't worry, I've got this. Because like, actually there were things that were sitting under the surface that I wasn't even fucking aware of and then it's like oh okay that makes sense like clinically that makes complete fucking sense to me and I just didn't know about it um so yeah no I definitely don't have like depression but that doesn't mean that I'm off scot-free and that I'm Mm. like you know that I don't that my mental health doesn't matter either yeah exactly so anyway you know that triangle yeah they're all bad things to be it turns out oh so you don't want to be any of them no and this is the thing that because they're interchangeable the drama will just keep you'll just keep moving bases you'll go from one spot to the next and the drama just keeps going around and around and around so you need to be able to get out of the drama triangle uh, in order to stop the drama. Yeah. You know, you want to go full Mary J. Blige, no more drama in my life. Okay. Yeah. So instead of being in the role that you play, you need to recognize the role first and foremost, recognize that you're in the triangle, recognize the pattern. So don't get hooked in for one, but you have to sort of change that role in general. So I'm going to explain that instead of being one role it moves to a different type of role and that's how you get out of it so first thing from the victim the victim becomes the creator so you go from problem to problem solving so instead of being like I need help you go to I believe in myself and I can take responsibility for myself so instead of looking for a rescuer and being like solve this issue for me you say what can I control 
what can I do in my own self that can help solve this issue? Yes. And think about how you can achieve it without relying on others. So write down a list of goals. Like what are you wanting to achieve? What is it that you need out of this situation? That Like what's the issue and how can you make changes? Because relying on someone else just puts you in a position of like not having the belief in yourself that you can change in the future. Like you're always going to look for outside help. But if you can like solve an issue on your own, then you're like, oh, fucking A, I've got this. I've got my back, which is what we we're talking about earlier. Like how you handle drama is a good sign of learning and, you know, avoiding it in the future. If you're always looking for a rescuer, you're never going to have that confidence in yourself. Yeah. So from rescuer to coach, is what you become. So you go from creating dependency to enabling self-responsibility. So this is one that I really had to work on. So you have to accept that your work is not selfless, which I've, I've learned now. And it actually does more harm than good, which again is like wrapped in with codependency that you're not helping this situation. It's just like you need to realize that it's almost like an ego trip to be like you you go on an ego trip when you're the rescuer because you're like yeah like everyone needs me (laughs) like I do such good for other people but actually you're not doing any help and you're doing more harm than good you also have to believe that others can take care of themselves so that's a really important one that I again have had to learn in that uh, I kind of like have not given people agency over their own selves I guess in the past and I have sort of been like well you don't know what you're doing let me take care of you Uh, when actually like me being able to step back gives them that opportunity to take care of themselves Uh, and then I'm like oh wow you didn't need me all along and I and and I'm glad of that like I am genuinely glad when people can take care of themselves but I guess maybe I'm not if I'm a rescuer I don't know Don't provide solutions, let them find their own and act as a coach. So listen to them, empower them, encourage them, but don't do it for them. Don't do it for them. Exactly. Don't play the game for them. Exactly. Stand on the sidelines and encourage them to do it for themselves. And I think, yeah. And like also just like going on and being like, oh no, you're right. Like patting them on the back and like sort of conditioning that victimhood for them. Not the right thing to do. Absolutely. Like you have to be like, well, how do you want this situation to proceed? Like give them questions and be like, how do you want to handle it? How do you want to get out of this? What can you do? Really sort of pushing them to make their decision for themselves instead of being like, oh, it's okay. I'll, I'll like take care of it. So Annie, are you listening to this one? Yeah, yeah. So from persecutor to challenger. I mean, that sounds the same to me. <laughs> that really sounds the same to me. From blame to assertiveness. Again, can't tell much of a difference. (laughs) So you have to learn to take responsibility and accountability for your situation by taking things under your control, no, under your own control and challenge others to do the same. So instead of pointing the finger and being like, this is what you've done wrong and this is why, be like, okay, this is what I have done wrong in this situation and I'm taking ownership of that. Can you do the same? Yes. So it's not really blaming it's not pointing the finger so much, but it's sort yeah. of, yeah. Um, express your thoughts <laughs> Express your thoughts and opinions without intimidating others. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I guess, you know, say how you feel, but, you know, not in a bullying way or an aggressive way or in a way where you literally destroy the competition. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I say so. Like, I, oh, gosh. You know, I, I am that meme, like, when you turn up at the date, you know, the one that we have on our yes. Instagram, when you turn up at the date and you're just wondering what their opinions are on Black Lives Matter, yeah. marriage equality, like, all these things, right? Yeah. And, that, and I am a bit like that. Yeah, because you have I'm an like, arsenal. Because I'm like, so, here's my opinion. What's your opinion? And really, it is just setting you up so that you can have, have an argument. Yeah, exactly. A hundred percent. You're testing the waters. Yeah before you go full shark attack. So you need to learn the art of negotiation, which I would be happy to teach you. I've done a masterclass on it, so (laughs) I would be happy to do that. Maybe we can do an episode on negotiation because I really enjoy doing it. You need to manage your priorities and expectations and say no to activities that don't align with your goals. Oh, I do that. You do that. That's no issue. So 
that's pretty much it on how to get out of the drama triangle. It has actually been very helpful for me because there is drama going on in my life. And I do want to get to the level of Mary J. Blige and recognizing the role that you play and the way that the triangle moves about has actually been just so helpful. Yeah, absolutely. Looking at the the role that you play is one of the biggest steps in Oh yeah. Changing the drama that's going on within your life. Well, I mean, it's I had no idea that this triangle even existed. Uh, so when you actually recognize it, you realize exactly what's going on and you're like, ah, okay, this is how I step out of it because I didn't know about it. Yeah, exactly. And because like we were saying before, everyone knows that in inverted commas, drama queen, so mm-hmm. to speak, but you can't really control, well, you can't control other people's drama. Just let them be, just let them be. But you've got to like look within yourself and realise how are you getting sucked in and how are you yeah. being triggered by this and give yourself actual genuinely exciting shit to do in your life so that you don't feel that you need to have that artificial drama. Yeah, look within And I get it because with drama, there is like a bandwagon effect. You want to make sure like you're on the winning side to like protect (laughs) yourself. You know what I mean? Says the old prosecutor over here. Yeah. Well, that's, that is like, you know, it's an evolutionary thing to make sure that say there's two friends that are having an argument. Yeah. You just like want to suss out what's going on and you're often made to feel like you need to pick a side. Yes. But actually, if you look within yourself and you realise, okay, well, what they're going through, I don't actually need to get involved in and why is this triggering to me, then you'll have more control over, one, the role that you play in that drama triangle, but two, how much drama you're bringing into your own life. Also, don't, yeah, don't be grabbing others to suck them into the drama. Yeah. Like, don't, like, don't force someone else in when they're not involved. Like, I feel that this happens a lot where say yeah your friends are having a fight they'll like be like you have to come around for like come around for wine so we can chat about it and not invite the friend that the drama was in so that you can get like in on the first thing and be like well this is what happened this is what went down because you want them on your side don't fucking do that like you can obviously speak to your friends and be like oh this shit went down but don't do it in like a gossipy way don't be sucking them in and trying to pit them against one another because Ultimately, that is what you're doing in that situation. I think that we are all far more self-aware than we like to let on is the bottom line. I think that often drama is playing out and we like to pretend I don't like drama. Oh, we love drama. But it's right there and you're still <laughs> oh. fucking, you're sitting right in the middle of it. A scandal. I love a, <laughs> I, I love a scandal. When it's not involving me. Yeah. When it's not involving me, sure. Even when it is involving me, it's like, yeah, okay, it's something to do. <laughs> so, like, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I don't like drama. But I think that drama just goes on for too long, you know. Sometimes I'm just like, let's solve this. So, at least now I understand the triangle and I won't get sucked in. So, yeah. And pick your battles. Pick your battles. <laughs> yeah, says you. <laughs> Every battle. <laughs> I- I'm like a gladiator. You are a fucking gladiator going into the ring. I know. You just, you are a destroyer. I mean, I'm glad to have you on my side. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you.